Raiders come up a little bit short on South Beach in a game of missed opportunities. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 20th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, you're checking us out on YouTube. We definitely appreciate you. And we appreciate my man Ari, who does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube, looking good and sounding good. You can hit him up on Twitter if you want. At Ari Produces, you can always hit me up as well. At your boy Q254. And we got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. We'd love to uh, welcome back the everydayers, everyone who tunes into the show each and every day. We definitely appreciate you. And if you're new to the show, we appreciate you in a major way as well. Coming up on the show today in segment number three, calls and texts. We have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, the number is 707 654 4693. A lot of feedback on the way that the Raiders lost the game to the Miami Dolphins 20 to 13, and uh, their record overall is now 5 and 6 on the season. So that'll be segment number three. Segment number two, you'll hear a report that happened actually Sunday morning from uh, Ian Rappaport, Rap Sheet from NFL Network, talking about the head coaching job, the interim coach Antonio Pierce, and what Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, thinks about the job he's done through two weeks. Again, this was Sunday morning before the Raiders lost to the Dolphins uh, in, in week 11 action. But that all come up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, we'll talk about the game and talk about how the Raiders ended up losing 20-13. to 13. And again, the record drops to 5-6 and six on the season. Before we get to that, though, do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So overall, the Raiders lose the game 20 to 13 to the Dolphins. They drop to five and six on the season in a game of missed opportunities and the offense just never getting going. And really, those missed opportunities and offense getting, never get going go hand in hand, right? There was no doubt about it. The defense went and played their game. They're going up against the number one offense in the league in the Miami Dolphins, a team that was favored by 13 and a half points. And if you go back to crossover Thursday, uh, when we were talking with the Dolphins, uh, I said I didn't think the game was going to be a, a blowout. I didn't feel like they were going to lose by double digits. Uh, and the Raiders didn't. They only lost by seven. I actually thought it was going to be 24-17. It turns out to be 20-13. to But uh, a game that they were very competitive defensively they got after it they created turnovers they gave the offense opportunities the, the, the offense just couldn't capitalize on that and that's very unfortunate that would have been a huge win for the silver and black but unfortunately they just weren't able to get going offensively Josh Jacobs he is the heart and soul of the team Antonio Pierce has said that multiple times they go as he goes well that's one of the reasons why they didn't go offensively on Sunday 14 carries 39 yards one catch 12 yards one of my keys to victory that I rolled out on Friday was Josh Jacobs had to have 100-plus scrimmage yards. Clearly, he did not. He had less than 50 scrimmage yards, and that's unfortunate, right? I mean, that's the – or maybe 51 yards, I should say. 51 yards, so barely 50 yards of scrimmage yards for, uh, for Josh Jacobs, and that's just not going to get it done at all. As a matter of fact, following the game, here's Antonio Pierce talking about the lack of the run game. They did a good job. A lot of movement up front. Um, you know, a little bit of different looks here and there. Not much, but you know, just enough to throw us off. And then, you know, we just, we were always, we were behind the sticks. We were behind the sticks. And that, that made it difficult, you know. Um, 
We'll get back to it. We'll go to the drawing boards and, and, and get, you know, got to get J.J. going. You know, the first two wins, 25-plus touches, 14, whatever it was, not good enough. So there's Antonio Pierce just talking about the run game, and it's got to get going. Uh, Josh Jacobs can't have 14 carries. When the Raiders are successful, he's up there around 25 or 26 carries. Aiden O'Connell, on the flip side, had way more passes than you would expect and want him to have. 24 for 41, 260 yards. He had a touchdown pass, a nice one, to Devontae Adams early in the game, but also had three interceptions at two, two, two sacks for 11 yards. And the final interception they threw was at the end of the game. You knew at some point they were going to have to take a shot towards the end zone or, or stretch the field a little bit just because they had no timeouts and they were trying to drive. So he took a shot trying to hit Trey Tucker in the end zone. Jalen Ramsey comes up with a nice interception. Early in the game, Jalen Ramsey came up with a hell of a play and made another interception. It's just kind of what he does. And then the second interception that Aiden O'Connell had was a fourth down play, and he was about to get sacked, and he just tossed it up. And you, you really can't do that. I know it didn't result in anything. I mean, the, it fell into the hands of the Miami Dolphin defensive linemen. They got the ball right there. And luckily for the Raiders, they were able to, to tackle him to the ground. I mean, that could have ultimately been a, a game ender if it had gone into the wrong person's hands and they were able to get loose and take it back to the house for a touchdown. So he just got to have better ball security. But as far as those three interceptions, it's not really as bad as it looks. But it just is one of those situations where you don't want O'Connell having to throw the ball 42 times. Here's Antonio Pierce uh, after the game talking about a lesson for O'Connell and now his fourth career start. Yeah, I mean, learn a lesson for all of us. And I'll start with AP, right? Learn a lesson for me, uh, for Bo, for Aiden. Uh, we got to do a better job managing the game, not put him in those situations where, you know, Aiden has to win the game. Uh, and, that, and that starts with me. So I love the fact that AP said it's a lesson for everyone, starting with AP. And that's something that Raider Nation and myself always talked about with Josh McDaniels. He never put the blame on him. He always said it was the execution from the players, the players, the players. And there is something to that, right? Coaches, 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 coach, players play. But at the same time, you've got to put the players in the right position to succeed. And I thought Antonio Pierce had some moments where he was really good on Sunday. And I thought there were some moments where you could tell that, hey, it's only his third uh, start. His, his only third time he's been the head coach, right? The only third opportunity he's been as a head coach in the National Football League. You can see there were some decisions that he made here and there that weren't so great. Devontae Adams on the day, seven catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. That one touchdown I mentioned early from Aiden O'Connell was uh, from 46 yards out. That was a really nice pass and catch uh, O'Connell to Devontae. Michael Mayer, you see him getting more involved each and every week. That's encouraging. Four catches for 46 yards. Uh, he got the first pass of the, uh, the day and uh, got a first down. It was like 17 yards. So you can see Michael Mayer is getting more comfortable and the quarterbacks getting more comfortable with Michael Mayer as well. And oh, don't look now. There's a Hunter Renfro sighting. Hunter Renfro has finally gotten off the milk carton, right? Five catches, 42 yards, but one catch was so impressive late in the game for 31 yards. He catches the ball, uh, hurdles a, a defender and Xavier Howard who tried to tackle him, kept his feet, uh, had a little bit of that Hunter Renfro wiggle to him, got 31 yards. Thought that was a really impressive catch and run from Hunter and uh, really happy for him because we all know he was not in the favor of the last staff and to know that he's got a clean slate and he's out there trying to do his best right now is uh, very, very encouraging. But overall, when you look at the offense, uh, this could really sum it up. The Raiders finished 4 of 14 on third downs and 0 and 2 on fourth downs. So you're not going to you're not going to win too many games that way. The defense, as I mentioned, they played their tails off, created three turnovers officially, two fumbles, a fumble recovery, plus they had an interception. Uh, they also created a turnover on downs uh, down by their goal line. Coach McDaniel for the Dolphins went for it on fourth down. The Raiders stopped them, and Miami missed the field goal. So really, I mean, it's just about five turnovers that the Raiders' defense created and gave their offense opportunity. Here's uh, Antonio Pierce on the job that the defense did in the game on Sunday. I thought the defense, you know, <laughs> at times you was wondering, you know, some explosive plays going down there. We seemed like every time we got to the fringe, those guys kind of like they tightened up a little bit, and guys stood up and, 
sound football, turnovers, whatever it be, you know, more physical up front. I thought they did a good job, especially in the first half. There's some opportunities there. You're like, okay, he went for it. We had to stop him fourth down. Coming out at the half, interception, you know, giving ourselves an opportunity to have a chance to win. So there's AP talking about the defense and just the way that they gave them chances. They did. I mean, they, they had some big plays that they gave up at times. They gave up a lot of yards, but – you know, every single time that they really had to step their game up and not allow Miami to run away with the game, they did that. Not allowing Miami a touchdown in the second half is impressive. Remember, that's the number one offense in the league. So they held them to a couple field goals. That's really impressive as Miami wins 20-13. to 13. The Raiders were still in that game, which for the most part, the defense has done that all year long, allowed the team to stay in the game. Can they win it? Well, that's up to them to go ahead and pull it out, and they weren't able to pull it out on Sunday. Uh, a couple tweets from me during the game I wanted to talk about real quick, and when I'm not at games, I don't tweet very much because I can't tweet anything to you that you don't already know, <laughs> right? When I'm at the game, like when the game's at Allegiant Stadium in the press box, I could say, hey, Nate Hobbs just came up with the interception, and then you'll see it on the TV a few you know, a few seconds later or whatever, so... It's, 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 it makes it worth it tweeting while I'm at the game. If I'm not at the game, I'm watching it on TV just like you are. So you're getting it at the same time. But I did send two tweets out, one at halftime and one following the game. The one at halftime said, I hate the last two possessions the Raiders had. Big play by Hobbs, gets the ball back with one minute and change, plus two timeouts, and you run, the, uh, you run and let the clock waste down, two incompletions and settle for three. Got to give O'Connell a real chance to sling it. Two turnovers in the first half, and they only got six points off of that. And let's talk about that real quick. The Raiders caused a fumble early uh, in the game on uh, Tua Tagovailoa, and they had to get a field goal out of it. They were very conservative. But the one before halftime really bothered me. That possession, I mean, they had the ball at the 30-something-yard line of Miami. They had just uh, had a really good play by Nate Hobbs. They got the fumble recovery, and they have two timeouts plus over a minute, and they run the ball, and then they let the, the clock just run, 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 tick, 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 and then they decide they're going to throw a ball incomplete, throw another ball incomplete, and have to settle for three. Like, there was no effort at all with trying to get into the end zone. And I thought that that was a big mistake. I mentioned Antonio Pierce made some decisions that I thought were very, well, like a rookie head coach type decision. That was one of them. Here's Antonio Pierce following the game on that decision not to be aggressive before halftime. Yeah, I just want to protect the young quarterback. You know, just wanted, you know, we're going to get points on the board. If we have that opportunity, um, didn't want to have anything that happened would be a negative for us. I just felt it was in our best interest going to halftime. Kind of the game we wanted. We wanted to be kind of ugly and gritty a little bit, and that's where it was getting to, and I felt we were in a good place at that time. So, again, I thought that that was a bad decision. Uh, we'll talk to Antonio Pierce this morning about 11 o'clock at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. I'll ask him a little bit more about that and kind of expand on that. And, you know, he said he wanted to protect the young quarterback, you know, and, and I'm going to ask him, is it – okay to not protect the young quarterback. Let the young quarterback go out there and really have a chance. They didn't give him a chance at all in that, uh, that drive right there, and I thought that that could have been a big-time uh, opportunity for the Raiders, especially since Miami was getting the ball to start the second half. And my final tweet uh, was right after the game, and I said, hey, you can't complain about the effort. Just miss multiple opportunities. Raiders defense gave them a chance. Fumble, three points. Fumble, three points. Interception, no points. Missed field goal, field, great field position, no points. Turnover on downs, three and out. Bad punt, great field position, no points. So as I started the show, a bunch of missed opportunities. I think that that was really the way to summarize the game, right? All those missed opportunities. If you had told me that was going to happen, the Raiders defense was going to force that to happen, I would have told you that the Raiders were going to win the game. Unfortunately, and it's the million, actually it's the $100 million question, why can the offense not operate at a higher level? It's a question that has been blowing my mind all season long. I get it that there's a rookie quarterback, but man, with all those weapons that they have and all that money that they have dished out on the offensive side of things, you would think that the, that the offense would be 
a whole lot better. So finally, final soundbite from uh, Antonio Pierce following the game is just on the positives that can be taken away from a game like this. Not looking for moral victories. There's not. I'm not a guy that celebrates win or losses. I celebrate wins. But you know that the effort was there, and you know the effort's going to be there when Antonio Pierce is coaching the team. So here he is talking about positives that can be taken away from the game. Uh, I think offensively we got a lot of things to look at, and we'll do that. Um, for our team, I think we fought, I don't know, 20 points. Defense battled. Special teams played well. You know, we want a player two back here and there. And, again, on offense, you know, you're talking about a game of inches, maybe a yard or two on some throws that, you know, are explosives for us. And we just didn't make it. At the end of the game, we're in plus territory with a chance to tie it up, maybe win it, uh, and we didn't get it done. So you heard what he said. He gave the defense a lot of props, but right there at the very beginning, um, <laughs> you know, offensively, we've got some things to look at, and he's not wrong, right? And so I want to see, and I'm interested in how that could change from this week, going through the week of practice as they prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs. How can he shake up the offense a little bit? It wasn't Bo Hardegree's best day as an offensive play caller. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. And I'm not, you know, not saying, hey, get rid of him. I'm not doing any of that. All these guys are learning on the job. Aiden O'Connell's learning on the job. Antonio Pierce is learning on the job. Uh, Bo Hardegree's learning on the job. Champ Kelly's learning on the job. So it's all, you know, it's all trial by fire. So I'm not, I'm not calling for anyone to be removed from anything. But clearly something's got to give. Something has got to be upticked to be able to make this offense go so uh, that's really the summary of the game the Raiders lose 20 to 13 a hell of an effort just didn't have enough offensively to get it done coming up in segment number two want to talk about the interim head coach Antonio Pierce there was a report that came out from Ian Rappaport from NFL Network before the game on Sunday thought it was pretty interesting you'll hear from Rap Sheet plus you'll hear one more soundbite from Antonio Pierce and it really kind of ties together and we'll talk about the interim head coach and how he could potentially not be the interim head coach and maybe just the head coach in general. We'll talk about that and tell you what I mean by that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you want to go ahead and uh, try to get somebody hired on, you're trying to let them know that you're hiring, all you got to do is post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Add your job and your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Again, LinkedIn Jobs will help you find that qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to move from the game on Sunday and talk about a report that actually happened before the game on Sunday from Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. And, of course, everyone's always asking, what does Antonio Pierce have to do to to be the full-time head coach and not the interim head coach? And that's something that can't change until after the season. Uh, they've got to go through the pro- proper pro- uh, the hiring process. Maybe they'll hit up LinkedIn Jobs. <laughs> Maybe they'll hit up LinkedIn Jobs and fire some uh, find some candidates to to interview and, and and see if they're qualified for the job. But no, seriously, I mean they have to go through the the hiring process still. But you can get a good gauge on how MD is feeling about the team, or even just looking at the team and the way they prepare and the way they compete. You know that you kind of have a better idea of of how they're feeling 
about the coach. Well, here's here's what started everything on Sunday. Again, this is before the game happened. So before the Raiders lose 20 to 13 to the Miami Dolphins, I don't think that that effort that they put on South Beach changes anything that you're going to hear right now. But here's a uh, here's Ian Rappaport from NFL Network talking about Antonio Pierce and what Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, is feeling and noticing about his team under Antonio Pierce. How can you not feel that energy? Certainly that is something that Raider Nation and specifically owner Mark Davis has noticed. Yes, Antonio Pierce is now 2-0 as the interim coach. Calling back to a couple years ago when Rich Basaccia, as the interim coach, led this team to the playoffs. Now, Mark Davis has not specifically laid out what Antonio Pierce needs to do to keep the job. Here is my understanding. As I mentioned, he has noticed the energy. He has been surprised, but definitely impressed by the 2-0 start. And of course, Davis has taken the temperature of the locker room really all throughout the season, including before he fired Josh McDaniels. Several of the key players, Devonta Adams, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, love Antonio Pierce and are fully on board with him. As Mark Davis has told people this week, last week was the first real, true Raiders home game based on what it felt like in a long time. So thought that was a pretty positive report right there from Rap Sheet. Again, he's not saying that Antonio Pierce is going to get the job. You know, there's no doubt about it. He's going to be the guy. But it's letting it be known that, you know, Mark Davis recognizes the situation with Rich Basaccia, realizes that, you know what, maybe that's a guy that, that he should have kept on as the coach because, well, a lot of players – uh, really liked him, was really supporting him. They all wanted him to stay on. And obviously, we know what happened. Mark Davis went with Josh McDaniels trying to get the long-term fix. And I'll tell you, and I've said it before a thousand times, at the time, I didn't think that was a bad idea. I didn't think that when Rich Basaccia was the interim, I didn't think that they were going to hire him uh, for the long-term job. A lot of times you see guys get that interim title, and usually it's just that, the interim title. And maybe that was a mistake. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? But I do feel like this is a different situation with Antonio Pierce. Uh, I, too, have felt the energy in just being around the team, being in the building, being in the locker room. You could tell things are a lot different. You could see a lot of smiles on guys' faces. You could just, you could just feel uh, it's just a different day and time uh, around the team. Now, that was 2-0, right? That was 2-0 Raiders under Antonio Pierce. Now they've taken a loss. So how does that change, right? We'll, we'll get our first taste of that later on today when we're at the Intermountain Health Performance Center when we hear from Coach Pierce. But when we get a chance to be around the guys on, uh, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday when they're out there practicing and, you know, we get an opportunity to get into the locker room, even though I think that they're going to go back to their normal locker, t locker room time. So I probably won't be able to do that since I'll be on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. But, you know, I might be on Thursday. Because Thursday, we don't have any radio shows. So Thursday is Thanksgiving. So they'll be practicing on, on Thanksgiving, I do believe. So I'll probably get an opportunity to get in the locker room that day. And then we'll, you know, have a show for you on Friday as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this week goes. It's always a little bit different with the holidays. But, you know, just, you, again, you can feel the energy is different. You could tell these players believe in their coach right now, in Antonio Pierce. And again, one of the things, and I said it on the crossover edition this week when we were talking Dolphins and Raiders, that the one thing I know and the one thing I guarantee, and a matter of fact, I had this topic on the radio, you know, like what is, what is it that I'm most confident about this game on Sunday going up against the Dolphins? And what I was most confident about is the effort. I didn't think it was going to be a game like the Chicago Bears where it looked like the Raiders never got off the bus. Right. I mean, they had no effort. They had no energy. They looked super lethargic. I didn't have any doubt that that's not that was what you weren't going to see from the Raiders. I knew that they were going to go out there and play with their hair on fire just because Antonio Pierce is their coach. And there's something about his confidence. There's something about his leadership that is going to get guys to want to run through a wall. I tell you, as I sit there and, and talk to him and he meets with us on Monday, Wednesday and Fridays, as I sit there and talk and, and ask him questions. And I mean, even the way he answers the questions, you can feel the energy 
in, in his voice, and you could feel a little pep in his step, and that gives everyone it's infectious. I say it all the time. It's infectious. It just gives everyone that that you know that upbeat feeling, and that's what you need, man. You want to have that upbeat feeling around you, and that's just good leadership. And even on the game on Sunday, you saw you know him cheering on the team, even though, like I said, he made a couple of bad decisions. I thought uh, as from a coaching standpoint, and and he'll admit that as well. You could just see the way that he was trying to encourage those guys and, and pump up those guys to go out there and compete and show that he believed in them, and, you know, they need that. And it's funny, after the game, uh, Antonio Pierce was asked about the effort and energy that the team showed. Again, no moral victories. You're not going to have a moral victory, but uh, how proud of uh, the team was he when it came to the effort and energy? Here he is. I mean, that's what we talk about every day, pride and poise, passion, uh, respect for the game, you know, playing the game the right way, and guys did. They played hard. They played hard. Does that get, get you Ws? No. Um, but it gives you a chance to win games. And I think that's what we did. We gave ourselves an opportunity to win a game under a minute plus territory. And again, didn't get, you know, there's no more victories. Guys will look at it. I told them to keep their chins up. And we're going to be the same way, win, lose, or draw. Uh, we'll go back to work on Tuesday and get after it. So there you go. You hear Antonio Pierce saying that's that pride and poise. They're going to play with that. And, you know, and it goes back to the question I asked him. You know, a week ago when I said, well, what do you want a team that's coached by you to be known for? And he's like, that we're going to give it all that we have, right? That we're going to leave it all out there on the field, that we love playing ball. We love playing for each other, right? I mean, and I'm just paraphrasing his answer, but you get the gist of it, right? That they're going to go out there and have their hair on fire and give everything they got and let the chips fall where they may. And that's what they did on Sunday. They left it all out there on the field. Obviously, the defense led the, the way, but they did everything. I mean, you can't be upset. You don't again, want to celebrate a loss because it's a loss and you don't want to fall into that kind of mentality. Well, that's a good loss. I mean, you don't want to do that. But at the same time, you know that there's nothing to hang your head on, right? There's nothing to say, oh, okay, that's, that, was, that was so bad that, you know, I'm embarrassed to, to be a Raider fan. I mean, that was, that was a hell of an effort. And I think that that sent a message throughout the league that that team, the Raiders, are not going to back down to anybody. And that includes Kansas City, who's going to be playing in Allegiant Stadium this Sunday. I feel like if the defense puts in that kind of effort again, the Raiders have a Really good chance to win this game, right? And I felt like that they had to win one of these next two games, either Miami's game or Kansas City's game, to give themselves a real opportunity, you know, to be players at the end of the season. And they're still in a good position to do that. I just feel like they got to go into this game on, on Sunday against Kansas City at their house and win, right? Because the next time you play Kansas City is on Christmas morning, super early, obviously, uh, you know, on, on West Coast, 10 a.m. kickoff West Coast time. So, you know, I think the best opportunity to beat Kansas City would be right now at your house. So that's coming up in week 12. But, you know, I think that Antonio Pierce has just as good a chance as anyone to to be the long-term head coach, you know, get extended after the season to be that guy, you know, and we'll see what happens with Bo Hardegree and Champ Kelly and, and the others that are on interim bases right now. But it just feels like with his leadership, the way that he is, he's getting the guys, you know, fired up, especially you heard from Rap Sheet earlier, the guys that are the main guys, right? Devontae, Max, Josh Jacobs, and some of those, like Josh Jacobs is on a one-year deal. Devontae Adams, there's reports that the Jets are going to come after him after the season. So you're going to want him to want to be at home, stay, stay at home, stay with the Raiders. So you don't want to go out and alienate him either, right? And I know he's not the only guy in the locker room that you got to worry about, but you want to be able to keep your core your core. And you know Max Crosby is going to be there. So it just it's a, it's a step in the right direction. And to know that Mark Davis is noticing what's going on and even feeling like that all of a sudden he's at the at Allegiant Stadium and he's having a, a home field advantage again or he's feeling like it's a home game again, uh, that's a positive as well, and that's something that's very important to him, and uh, obviously it's showing. So there's still games, right? Nothing is going to be 
uh, decided in week 11. Nothing's going to be decided in week 12. Nothing's going to be decided in week 13. I mean, they've got six more games. Antonio Pierce has got six more games to go out and prove what he can do as the head coach. But I feel like so far, two and one in his three weeks as being the interim head coach, he's done a really good job. Would have been really a nice feather in the cap if he had won that game on Sunday against the Dolphins. But, of course, they fell up short. Uh, The offense wasn't able to get things going. So I'm interested to see how they kind of change things up in the offense this week to give them an opportunity against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. Straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about DoorDash. And sometimes you get stuck at work. Sometimes you're at the house and you don't want to leave because, well, you know, the game's at halftime and you know it's going to be back on before you go out and get some food and come back. That's where DoorDash could come in really handy. And uh, if you're like me and you finally welcome, woke, woke into or walked into the, the DoorDash world, <laughs> right, and you finally downloaded the app, great. If you didn't, don't be like me. Don't be the last one to the party when it comes to DoorDash. Go ahead and download it on your phone right now because that's what you need. And use the promo code LOCK23. You'll get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. And it's real easy to use. I learned that myself, right? The wife did it from super far away. <laughs> she wasn't even in the same state, and she did it for me and had a pizza delivered to the house because I was hungry, and I was too uh, dumb to have downloaded the DoorDash app. So, you know, she did it from that far away from me. You could do it for yourself as well. And, of course, you can help out uh, the local economy around you, right, any of your favorites that are in town, whatever the case may be. For me, it's Grimaldi's. For me, it's Pizza Rock. For me, you know, it's uh, like Smith's. Go to the grocery store right around the corner. We've got all kind of nice little uh, food spots that I like like around the corner from the house and they can in and out. They have that right there. Uh, Anything that you want. Twin Peaks, you can go to Twin Peaks if you want, right? DoorDash will go to everything and we have it all located right around the house. So whatever's right around your house that you want to go to, you want to go ahead and benefit the the local uh, economy, you could do that. And of course, uh, you don't have to ever leave the comforts of your home or your job if you're at the job as well. Again, if you haven't done it, do it. Download the DoorDash app. Use the promo code LOCK23. You'll get 50% off your uh, order up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Again, uh, you got to use the promo code LOCK23 for 50% off of the $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. Drop that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Went a little long in segment one and two, so won't have as many calls and texts here in segment number three, but we'll go ahead and jump right into it. We'll start off with a call from Alex. He's calling out of San Diego, giving his overall assessment of the game by the Raiders. Here he is, Alex in San Diego. You, it's Alex in San Diego. Well, it was a, and our defense, defense has turned into a beast. The offense, hmm, work to do, obviously. Too many sideline passes. That Miami defense is quick, even though they're not overly aggressive. I mean, it's not a physical defense, but they're, they're quick. And we kind of gave them too many free plays for the sidelines. Uh, gotta push the ball down the field. And those fourth down calls are aggressive, but two field goals, I'd take two field goals to put us in a position where all we needed was a field goal to win instead of trying to go into the end zone. I mean, overall, defense showed out. Man, had Miami on their heels. We, uh, aggressive physical defense kind of knocked Miami around. I mean, you take out their two star players and, uh, uh, equal the playing field. 
Bo Hardiger, you just you got to take out some of those plays. You can't keep going back to that sideline stuff. It, it, it's. I think they were reading it. They knew it was coming. So, uh, like our chances against the Chiefs at home, the Chiefs aren't that great. They're great, but they're not that great. I think the Eagles take them out tomorrow night. So, anyway, uh, almost, almost, but almost isn't good enough. Got to keep pushing, keep pushing. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll see what happens next week. Uh, go Raiders. Alex, thanks for the call, my man. And, yeah, it wasn't a very good performance as far as, you know, the game being called by Bo Hardigree. Wasn't O'Connell's best performance in certain moments either, right? It's Clearly, it's a work in progress on the offensive side of things. It's been a work in progress all year. The only difference is, you know, with Bo Hardigree, he's a first-time play caller. With Aiden O'Connell, he's a rookie quarterback. Early in the season, there was no excuses for the offense struggling with Coach McDaniels being a guy that's a long-term offensive coordinator, long-time play caller, and they had Jimmy G under center, who's a long-time vet in the league. So at least, I mean, I don't want to give an excuse, but at least there's a reason why they could be struggling a little bit because, well, like I said, Bo Hardigree is a first-time play caller, and now there's now there's film on what he likes to do, tendencies of what he likes to do. And obviously Miami uh, keyed in on what they wanted to do. They know that they wanted to stop Josh Jacobs, not let him be so successful, and that slows everything down. And for this Raiders team, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, for this Raiders team, for them to go, for that offense to get cooking, number eight's got to get cooking. That's just – there's – there's no two ways about it. That's how this team is built. Some teams are built where they don't ever have to run the ball. They can sling that thing around the yard 55 times if they have to, and that will work. This team is not built like that. This team is built by number eight being successful, and everything else opens up around it. So it's just as simple as that. As far as the fourth down calls, um, I didn't even mention those earlier, the fourth down being aggressive. I didn't have a problem with that because at least they're showing that they're trying to win the game. And I, I, I get questioning it, and that's fair. That's a fair question to it, but – that was just something that they went and tried to do. I mean, it's easy to look back now and say, well, they should have kicked the two field goals. One, they would have had to make the two field goals to have that opportunity, which, you know, Daniel Carlson, you feel pretty comfortable that he would. But, again, I don't have any problem with them being aggressive and going for it and trying to find a way to get into the end zone. And a lot of times, if they hadn't and kicked the field goals and maybe it didn't work out, somebody would have called in, not saying you, but somebody would have called in and said, why are you kicking field goals? you got to be aggressive, man. You can't be conservative, right? So it's like – it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So I didn't have any problem with it, but I do understand questioning, you know, the kicking the not kicking the field goals on fourth down and going for it. But again, that's something that it's easy to look back now as we're sitting here talking about the the game or looking back at the game and saying, oh yeah, shoulda, woulda, coulda, just didn't. Uh, up next, got a text from Raider Loke in the six two six. What's good, Q? And the rest of Raider Nation is Raider Loke from the six two six. First time texting in. Uh, as I'll make this one a quick one. This game unfolded the way I expected and great looks, even with the loss for Pierce. With a rookie quarterback and offensive coordinator, we headed to the East Coast for a 10 a.m. kickoff, and we kept the game close against a top-notch offense, and our offense came up with plenty of missed opportunities. Yeah, we lost, but this is still a good momentum builder, as everyone expected a blowout, but we didn't give up without a fight. On to the Chiefs at home, but the question I have is this. It's only a three-game stretch, but could we say we are a quarterback away from competing? A question I pose to you and the rest of Raider Nation, Raider Loke, and I'm out. That's uh, Raider Loke in the 626. Thanks so much for the text. I appreciate you. And um, I could, I'll say, okay, this is how I'll answer the question because there's still a handful of games for Aiden O'Connell to prove who he is. He's still got six games as long as he stays healthy. I'll say, yes, the team is a quarterback away from competing. I just don't know if the quarterback is on the roster or not on the roster. I think that's the best way to put it because we don't know, right? I know a lot of people reacted immediately like, hey, Aiden O'Connell's not him. And maybe he's not. Right. I mean, but at the same time, I think that you need to be able to see a better sample size, which, again, 
goes back to why I said in week four, I didn't think that he should get to start because I didn't think it was going to be multiple weeks. Now we're starting to see, right? We've seen three weeks in a row now, two wins and a loss. So you've seen things that he does well. You've seen some things that he doesn't do well. And now, okay, now you got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up who have a really good defense as well. That's actually been the leader of their team. So now you'll see how he adjusts. But I like the fact that we get to see who he goes up against or how he looks against multiple teams, both New York teams and now the Dolphins, right? And say, okay, how does Aiden O'Connell, how does he continue to grow as a quarterback? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let this thing ride out the rest of the season and see how he does. But, you know, one of the points that I brought up on Friday when I was giving keys to victory, let me go back and find them right now. Aiden O'Connell has to take the next step and be part of the reason why they win the game. He's going to have to make some big boy throws. That was one of my keys, and I didn't see that on Sunday. I didn't see him taking that next step. And really, according to Antonio Pierce, as you heard in, in segment number one, it sounded like they were trying to protect him. At some point, you've got you've to take the training wheels off, right? You can't protect him forever. Like, if you're going to really, truly find out who he is, you got to let him sling it. you got to let him have an opportunity to go out there and do it. Now, I'm not saying throw the ball 45 times, but – you can't be ultra conservative right at the, at the end of the first half. you got to give Aiden O'Connell confidence like, hey, dude, you got about 30-some yards to get into the end zone, a minute and, and two timeouts. Go do it. That's what you have to let him do. Instead, they didn't. They took that opportunity out of his hands. And that, to me, was a problem. And then late in the game, you know, they're trying to expect him to get up and down the field when they only have a minute left and, and no timeouts to try to go and tie the game. And he did his best, but – he hasn't been in that moment. You didn't give him that opportunity. You didn't give him that moment. So that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. So I don't know. I can't tell you. Again, I, I go back to my preference as a quarterback. I prefer a guy that's more mobile than Aiden O'Connell is. But if you're as accurate as he could be, and he has been at times, maybe you don't need that mobility. So, you know, that's just me. And, again, when I say mobile, before someone calls in and texts in and says, yeah, but what is Lamar Jackson one? What is this person one? What? I'm not saying that a guy that has to run for 1,000 yards a season. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a guy that is also a threat with his legs, right, where you know Aiden O'Connell's not. So when something breaks down, if there's some grass there, he can go pick up, you know, seven, eight yards for a first down. That's what I'm talking about. Nothing more, nothing less. Just a guy that's willing to, you know, use his legs. And I think Aiden O'Connell is to a certain extent. But, again, that's just my preference. I just want to see a guy that can lead this team and lead this team to multiple victories. So that's why there's six games left. We'll see what he's got. At the end of the six games, then we can go and say, okay, this is what he does well. This is what he doesn't do well. And, yeah, either he can be the guy moving forward or they need a guy moving forward. But one way or the other, they've got, they've got to determine who their guy is sooner rather than later. So thanks so much for that text. Really good stuff. Appreciate you. Uh, got time for a couple more. This is from uh, Emmanuel, OD Raider E. He went to the game and called in, giving his overall thoughts, and has a question about the head coach job. Here he is, Emmanuel, a.k.a. OD Raider E. Hey, what's going on, Q? It's Emmanuel. OD Raider E. Um, just calling. Went to the game. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I bought these tickets. Me and my wife we do it every year. It was a good game. Uh, at the end there, I feel like we got greedy. We should have just went for the first down. But I saw what he was trying to do. Uh, you can't you can't blame him. And uh, Jalen Ramsey just he made a he made a good play. Great players make great plays. Uh, I think we just needed to. To learn from this and keep on going. And uh honestly I like what I'm seeing from AP. Yeah, I feel I feel like if it was like Daniels, this game would have been a blowout and uh we'd have we still lost, but it was uh a lot harder fought than what I expected. So I just wanna see if if you think uh, after this loss, uh they're still gonna keep AP as the coach 
Because I want I want to be there. Just want to see what your thoughts are. And it's uh, it's OD Raider E signing out. Been listening to you since uh, 2021. Love what you do. Love the podcast. Keep it up. You. Thanks for the call, my man. And yeah, it was a well fought game for sure. There's no doubt. Came up short, but well fought. Uh, as far as AP goes, I think he's got a really good shot at staying on as a head coach. Something I was talking about in segment number two. Uh, you heard the report from Ian Rappaport. Uh, sounds like that Mark Davis is clearly noticing the difference and the change in the team and the um, the attitude around the team now that Antonio Pierce is the the coach. But with that being said, there's still six games left to go. So you know, if he goes on a nice little run or has his, his team in, in position to win each and every week, which, again, I look back at the game against Miami. I know it was a loss, not celebrating losses, but they were in position, right? A, a couple, couple good plays here for the offense, a couple more good plays here for the offense, and they probably win that game, right? And then everybody we talk about this team, like, oh, my gosh, what is the Raiders doing, right? Obviously, they fell a little short, but uh, I, I think he's got just as good a chance as anybody to get that job. He's just... Got to keep staying the course, taking it one week at a time, one game at a time, and then just let the chips fall where they, where they may. That's all you really can do, and I think that's exactly what he's trying to do. Uh, final text for the show today comes from Silver and Black Canuck. He says, hey, Q, a couple quick takeaways from the game. Uh, one, I ain't mad at the loss. Yeah, the offense was weak, but our defense showed that they can hang with the best offense in the league. Three turnovers, big fourth down stops, and a couple sacks sprinkled on top. Love this new defense. Two, O'Connell is not it, at least not yet. I think the man is going to be a solid backup, but I don't see him leading a team to a Super Bowl. We need to address that in the offseason. Three, the Raiders' penalties are their own worst enemy. Have to be smarter on the field. I'm looking at you, Bennett, and Parham. Crucial penalties that cost us points and drives will be the death of this team if not corrected fast. Thanks, as always, for the show. Q, much love from Vancouver, Canada, Silver and Black Canuck. And, yeah, I didn't even mention the penalties earlier in the, in the show. The penalties were uh, disappointing, right? Josh Jacobs has a really good run, called back because of a holding. Uh, the other one, uh, Bennett, you know, they should have got off the field, and Bennett gets a holding penalty on the defensive side of things, right? And still the defense did a really good job, but uh, should have been off the field, right? And, and that leads to to a touchdown. So uh, penalties are always like the, the – they're the, they're the killer for the Raiders. They are just always – they always get in their own way. And early in the game, especially, man, they had penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. And I don't know what that's from. When you get penalties like that, especially holding, that's when you don't trust yourself. That's when you don't trust, especially like on a, a defensive back. Like, Ja'Cory Bennett just has to trust he knows what he's doing, right? Okay, the wide receiver is closing up ground. Okay, you have to trust in your steps. You don't have to reach and hold. All you got to do is turn and run. And if you trust and believe in yourself, you don't reach and hold. And that's what he did. And unfortunately, he took away a sack that Malcolm Kuntz had. Um, the matter of fact, the only sack that was registered on the day was from Max Crosby. And that was one that Tua was scrambling and just fell a little bit short of the line of scrimmage. So Crosby got credited for a sack. But unfortunate, man, they're just there's penalties, like you said, will, will get in the, the Raiders' way. And, and that was something Antonio Pierce said at halftime, that the self-inflicted wounds, they got to get away from doing that. And uh, that's there's no doubt about that, that that has been a problem and always will have been a problem for the silver and black. But thanks so much for that uh, that text. I definitely appreciate you. Still got a call from Raider Geyer, a text from Aaron in San Diego, uh, and more. Uh, we'll get to that on tomorrow's show. We'll hear from Coach Antonio Pierce later on this morning at the Intermountain Health Performance Center around 11 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk to him, see what uh, he has to say, uh, give any updates. Maybe Colton Miller will be in a better position to play this week. He's now missed two games in a row. That's a big deal. Definitely want to see him get back. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what else he has to bring to the table. And, of course, we'll have plenty of news and notes, and we'll have plenty of conversation here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Until then, thanks so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you follow and subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we definitely appreciate that. Thanks to my man, Ari, doing a great job. So until tomorrow, Ray Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, 
Just win, baby.